0: As we come to the book of Jonah tonight, uh, we're coming to a passage that I'm sure is very familiar uh, to each and every one of us. Jonah, of course, is one of those books that is taught from a Sunday school age. And so if you have any idea of some Sunday school stories, I'm sure one of the first that comes to your mind is Jonah. There's no doubt that this book, yet it's only four chapters, it's full of so much events that happen in this man's life. Jonah is commonly known as the prophet who ran away from God, who failed the Lord. And we read of that in chapter 1. He was told to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel. Nineveh was the city uh, located in the Assyrian Empire. Assyria were the enemies to Israel. And this command was given to Jonah, who was an Israelite, to go to Nineveh, to go to the Assyrian Empire. Enemies of Israel and preach the word. And Jonah rebelled. He didn't do what the Lord said. And we see the rebellious heart of man. Although he was saved, he still failed the Lord. And so we see that in chapter 2, we come and we find Jonah really in a tight spot in this chapter. Jonah believed he could run away and that God would perhaps pick someone else to fulfill this duty of going to Nineveh. However, as we know, that the story doesn't end there calamity came in to this man's life. God saw it fit in order to bring Jonah through some trials in his life. There was, of course, the storm in chapter 1 that we read about. Jonah was asleep in the ship heading to Tarshish, which was located in modern-day Spain. It was really the furthest away he could have went from the Lord in those days. And we read that this storm comes. These mariners that are on the ship with him, They don't know what to do. They try to cry on to their own gods. They try to throw everything overboard. But it seems that the ship's going to go down. And of course, they come to Jonah, who's asleep. They wake him up and they ask, what are we going to do here? And Jonah tells them how he forsook the Lord and that he must be cast into the sea. Of course, Jonah was thrown into the sea and the tempest was calmed. Those men on that boat, they came to faith in the Lord And we saw the salvation of them in chapter 1. But now Jonah is in the sea. And you'll read at the end in verse 17 of chapter 1. That the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. The Lord had prepared this great fish. Although he failed God. God still was working in this man's life. And there was a reason for it as we will see. Because this man would of course go on eventually. To obey God's command and see a mighty move. Of God in his day. So we're going to consider Jonah chapter 2 which is this prayer of Jonah out of the belly of this fish. I want you to see first of all tonight that there is this predicament that Jonah finds himself in. He's in a predicament and we see this state that he's in because we see that he is in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Verse 17 of chapter 1 says this and so we see that For any human being, this would have been a terrible situation. He was in the belly of a fish. Always remember that what we read in Scripture is actually real. This actually took place. It's not just a mere story, but it's a reality. Jonah was physically swallowed up, and now he was in a place of complete isolation. Cut off from every man, no human contact at all. And Jonah himself in chapter 1, he distanced himself from God. By running away, there was that distance. And now there's distance from God and from man as he finds himself in this predicament. And so it seems as we come to see Jonah here that he's in a situation of little hope, little prospect for him. I believe that Jonah at this point believed that his life was going to end. He had failed God. Now this fish was going to be the way that he would die for his failure of the Lord. And you will notice in this chapter two that Jonah in this prayer, he uses some words that really show the situation that he was in. Because we read in verse 2 that he says, And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I. We read those words affliction and that word hell. In verse number two, these two words, affliction and hell, they show the severity of the situation for Jonah. This was the hardest difficulty that had came into his life. And we could say, we could use that expression that he was living hell on earth. That's what it felt like for Jonah. And such a state in the gospel tonight reminds us of ourselves. Jonah was isolated. Jonah was in a place of need and the Bible makes it very clear that we are all born into sin. Each and every person that is born into this world is a sinner. And sin separates us from God. Just as Jonah here was cut off far away from the Lord, so by our nature in our sin we are far from God. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you. And so for those who are still in their sin tonight, there is a state of isolation for you spiritually. We do not have the presence of the Lord. And therefore, Jonah's state reminds us of this nature of mankind, that we're all cut off, we're all far from God by birth. It's a state of hopelessness, it seems, that we're far away from the Lord. That was his state. But there's also his sorrow because of this. Because as we think about this predicament or this problem, we also notice the sorrow that Jonah experienced in this chapter. In verse number three, if you read it with me, it says, For now he has cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. You'll notice in verse three that the imagery of sea metaphors is used. It talks about the waves, it talks about the deep, the billows. These are all analogies referring to water. And water often in scripture speaks about times of trial, distress, difficulty. Times where we were called to pass through the water and the rivers which would seek to overflow us as we would read in the book of Isaiah. And this was certainly the case for Jonah. It was a great affliction. And the tremendous words of this verse is that Jonah himself, In the midst of all that he was facing, he realized that this was all sent from the Lord. It says, For thou hast cast me into the deep, all thy billows, God's billows, and thy waves passed over me. You know, for us as believers, it can be difficult in our lives at points to understand the will of God. And sometimes the most faithful of Christians and believers have to pass through the darkest of valleys. And from a human level, we can understand, well, why does that have to happen? And yet we have to realize that God is in control of everything, that he has ordained it all to happen according to his perfect will. We must have faith that God is working everything for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And so Jonah 2, verse 3, reminds us of this. God sent to this affliction. And it says that he's in the deep. He cast me into the deep. And it says, in the midst of the seas. These words, in the deep, in the midst, they show how Jonah here is at the heart of the problem. He's at the point where it seems the trial is at its hottest and it's at its worst. And he is in this hardest moment of this difficulty. And this imagery continues on of these sea metaphors. It continues on through the chapter, and it now presents this idea as if the the waters are coming up, and it seems as if he's now drowning in all of the sorrow and all of these problems that he's facing. Of course, he was physically in the belly of a fish, but these words give an insight into the problems he faced. He was grieved right to his heart, and it was a case of despair, of hopelessness. His state, his sorrow also his struggle, his struggle. And in a way, his struggle refers to his sorrow. But he continues on and reinforces this idea in verse 5 because he goes on to say, the waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. You'll notice that in verse 3, we read those words, compassed me about. In verse 5, we read those words, compassed me about. It's a repetition of the same phrase. And this reminds us of this great trial of Jonah's faith faith that he was facing. It seemed that everything, all of the elements, all of the water, everything around him was against him. There was nothing going right for Jonah in his life at this point. And no matter what he tried to do physically, it seemed like he couldn't escape from the problem. No doubt Jonah tried every effort to escape. No doubt he put all of his effort into finding a way of saving himself from this problem, yet all of his efforts were to no avail. So it is with the sinner tonight. Maybe you do not disagree with me when I say you're in a state of sorrow, you're in a state of struggle because of your sin. Yet maybe tonight your answer to that is that I can do it by myself. Well, I will get right with God based on how I desire to do it. And maybe you think, well, all's going to go well for me because I've got the right way and it's my way and I'm going to live this way. And God, one day when I get to heaven, will turn a blind eye to my sin and let me in. You're a fool tonight. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And on the authority of scripture, I say, if you think like that, you are a fool. You are a fool because you will not get into heaven unless you have Christ as your saviour. You will not, by your own good living, by your morality, maybe church attendance, whatever way you think you can gain some favour with God, it's all a sham. There's nothing that you can do. And of course, that was the message that Christ himself preached. You know the words in John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I would pray tonight, if you're in your sin, that you'd realise your inability you can't save yourself. See your hopeless situation that you're in. This great predicament that Jonah is in. You're in a predicament tonight, in your sin, and yet the truth of the gospel is that Christ is able to save your soul. He's able to take you out of the mire and the muck of sin. Set your feet on that rock, Christ Jesus, if you would accept His grace tonight. That was the predicament that Jonah was in. But secondly, there is then the prayer that Jonah offered. There's a hymn that, as I was writing my notes for this, that tied in very well to this idea because despite all of these problems that he faced, Jonah prayed. And there's words in a, a verse in a hymn that says, I was sinking deep in sin. You know it well. Sinking to rise no more. Overwhelmed by guilt within. Mercy I did implore. Then the master off the sea heard my despairing cry. Christ, my Saviour, lifted me. I see if." Am I? How did Jonah react to all that was happening to him? Well he reacted in the greatest way possible in this chapter, because the first three words of chapter two says then Jonah prayed. He sought the Lord. Yes, in chapter one there was a disregard for God, there was a running away from him. But in chapter two, now Jonah's brought to the point where he realizes I need God in my life. He needed the Lord. And so there was his recognition in this chapter. He reached this point that ultimately God wanted him to get to. You will notice that the majority of this chapter is the prayer that Jonah speaks unto the Lord from the lips of the prophet. As we said, we see those words, then Jonah prayed, and from that we have the whole discourse of what Jonah said. The recognition that we speak of here is one that was recognizing his need of God. It was needful for God to test Jonah in order to bring him to a place of total submission to him total surrender to the Lord this has to be the case for us as sinners as well we need to be brought to that point where we realize I can do nothing but God can do it all he can save me and so the Lord desires that you would see that tonight your inability but then see his ability in order for salvation there must be that recognition that whatever we do it's not enough but then there must be a looking to God. There has to be a looking to God because first number one says, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God. This prayer was directed unto God. Now, Jonah was already a saved man at this point. He would not have been called into service if he was not saved. And we read a little bit about his Israelite upbringing. While we do not know much about his family heritage, it is widely accepted that Jonah was a saved man. Before we read chapter 1, as he's called into this service. So, when we read this prayer of Jonah, it's not the prayer of a man who's unsaved coming to God. It's a man who is saved but has wandered away from God. Yet there is great application for the sinner who has never experienced the grace of Christ. And therefore, he prayed to God. You know, many today seek an answer to the need of their soul. Many look to churches, many look to a minister. Many look to other people, men, in order to help them. And yet salvation is only in Christ tonight. And I wonder what you're trusting in for salvation. Are you leaning on the Lord? Also in this, note of, in this recognition, it was a heartfelt prayer. Jonah, as he prayed, prayed fervently unto God. Because we read and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction. In verse 2. That verb, cried. It showed that Jonah used all of his energy in prayer. He didn't hold back. Instead, he laid everything out to God in prayer. And when we come to God, we have to be honest with him. Of course, God knows all about us. But when we pray, it is to be that fervent prayer. It is to be that prayer that doesn't hold back, but lays everything before the Lord. And you have to come to him tonight if you're unsaved. Humbly, don't hold back. Give him your life. will save you. It's God's desire that he would hear your prayer. There was his recognition, but there was his reverence. There was his reverence. A very important point when we consider prayer is the need to be reverent unto the Lord. Jonah, when he prayed, he realized the one he was speaking to. He realized the one that he was coming to, and it was the Lord. And he gave the Lord the reverence, the respect that the Lord's name demands from us. Our prayers must always be reverent. When we speak to the Lord, we come to one who is the God of heaven, the God of heaven and earth, the one who created all things. And such a reminder is important tonight because we are to have the highest view of Christ. We read in verse 4, Jonah says, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The mention here of the Holy Temple is speaking about the worship of God. It was now Jonah's desire that he would praise the Lord in spirit and in truth. And there was a great sense of honesty here in this prayer because he realized he was cast out of the sight of God. He realized that he had failed and he acknowledged that before God. In the prayer of the sinner, there must be acknowledgement that you have failed, that you have sinned. There must be an open realizing of your wrongdoing when you come to the Lord. In our prayers, it is important that we remember the one we pray to. Jonah did that, and he gave on to the Lord the praise that he is worthy alone to receive. His reverence and his remembrance as well. This prayer that is offered is also a prayer of remembrance, because not only does Jonah reflect on how he has wandered from the God, but he also reflects on God's grace and God's mercy throughout his life. Jonah, and all that he faced in this chapter, he never forgot the great love that God had for him, and that was at work within his life. At the close of verse 6, this is apparent because he says the words that, yet thou hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord, my God. There was a realization that God had brought his life from corruption. He had saved them. And he realized that he was a child of God only because the Lord had pleased it to save him. And the beginning of verse 7 also uh, reinforces this idea of remembrance because he says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. You know, Jonah could have reacted in many ways to what was happening in this chapter. This could have drove him further away from God. He could have questioned, well, why is the Lord doing this in my life? But yet he reacted to his trouble in the right way. And you know, sadly, there are Christians tonight that instead of looking to the Lord in times of trial, times of difficulty, instead they become discouraged in their faith. Their faith becomes weak. They question God, which is a sin in the Bible, and his ways. And then as a result, once that walked well, now they grow cold. Forsake the place of public worship. Do not read the word of God. Forget the Lord and wander away. And we must always remember daily God's love for us. That must be in the forefront of our minds. We must not only remember it with our minds, but it must be a truth that's deep in our hearts. Never forget, dear Christian, what the Lord has done for you in your life. Isn't it great to have a testimony? Isn't it great to be able to speak about that time in your life where the Lord stepped in? Never forget what Christ paid for us, that he went to the cross. He suffered to bring us redemption. Jonah's prayer here really reaches its culmination in verse 9 because we come in verse 9 and we see these well-known words that are, used as verses on churches, on minibuses, even on the back of walls in a church. And it's those words, salvation is of the Lord. Do you not realize that he was what he was because of the Lord? Without the Lord, there was no salvation. There was no pardon. Without the Lord, there was no forgiveness. It was all given by him. And therefore, as we read this prayer, we see how... Jonah sought God because he realized he is the only one that is able to meet my need in life. Salvation is of the Lord. Not in a church, not in a creed, a confession, in Christ. You know the solas of the Reformation. Faith alone, in Christ alone, by scriptures alone. So important, so fundamental, yet it must be repeated time and time again. Salvation is only through Christ. And you have to trust in him in order to be saved. There was the prayer that was offered, the predicament that Jonah was in. But thirdly and finally, tonight we see the provision that God gave. The provision that God gave. You know, I'm sure a, a verse that is precious to all of our hearts tonight. For those of us who are saved, is Romans eight, verse twenty-eight. And it says, For and we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. That shows us God's plan. God's plan. You know, one of the things that stands out to me as I read the book of Jonah are the small phrases that we read that remind us that, yes, we're reading about a prophet and how he forsook God, or reading about Jonah, but ultimately, as we read these words, we're reminded that God is working through all of this. We read those little words that remind us that God is doing this. You see that in verse, in chapter 1, verse 17, the Lord had prepared. We saw it in chapter 2, verse 17, Three, for thou hast cast me. And we read it time and time again, and that is a good study to do in the book of Jonah. And in verse 10 we read that, and the Lord speak unto the fish. It was all God working in the background in this book. Such a thought should comfort us, but it should also challenge us. Because everything that came to pass here was sent, was planned by God. And it was the case, as we said near the start, that God saw it needful. God had to rebuke Jonah in order to show him that he was who he needed. Jonah had wondered and remembered that the Lord in chapter 1 had a commission for Jonah. He had a purpose. He had a plan to use this man in order to see Nineveh saved and that city won for Christ. And likewise today, God has a plan for us as his church. God has a divine plan for each and every one of our lives. He is the one that, of course, has planned all things, and we are to live. As we saw this morning, we are to seek out His will and then put His will into action in our lives as believers. And for those of us who are unsaved, I pray that you would see God's hand in your life. The fact that you can be in a place where the gospel is opened up tonight, come to your church to worship the Lord, that is a privilege given from God and it is God's desire that you would be here tonight. God perhaps has been long suffering to you. Maybe you've heard the gospel preached many many times throughout many years and yet the Lord is pleased to give you another opportunity tonight in the gospel to be made right before him. It is God's will for all to come to repentance and it is my prayer as it is the prayer of everyone here who's saved that if you don't know Christ that tonight would be the night that you turn from your sin and you put your faith in the Lord. We read those words in Genesis 6, verse 3, words that should bring fear to the heart of those who are unsaved. For God says, my spirit shall not always strive with man. It is possible to go past God's deadline. And therefore, even as God is speaking tonight, it's our prayer that you would act and that you would come to him, forsake all, follow the Lord. God's plan, but also God's pity in Jonah chapter 2. God's response to this prayer of Jonah shows us his sovereign plan, but it also shows us his merciful pity. Yes, Jonah had failed God, definitely. Yes, he was in a place when he realized that his living was not what it should have been. That is also true. Yet God, despite all of that, showed his grace, showed his favor. And the wonderful truth of the gospel is no matter how far you've gone in your sin, no matter what you've done with your life, God is still able to save your soul. God is merciful. God is gracious to answer the prayer of the sinner. And he's able to save to the uttermost. Such a thought should encourage us tonight that you're never too far for the Lord to save you. You're not out of reach of God. You consider the following phrases in verse 2. Because we go back to verse 2. Yes, he cried by reason of his affliction. But it says, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. The Lord heard the prayer of Jonah. He showed compassion. And you know, there's not a prayer that flows from the child of God that the Lord does not hear. In our daily lives, no matter what we will face, In the future, and our future is unknown to us, yet is planned by God. Whatever we face, whenever we pray, God will hear us and God will answer our prayers according to His will. Such a thought can give us comfort comfort to the believer, comfort to the sinner as well. Because while the Word of God it makes it clear that God answers the prayers of the righteous, those who are saved, one prayer that the Lord will hear from the sinner is the sinner's prayer that prayer when sin is confessed, when Christ is asked into the heart in order to save them. As we said, Jonah was saved. However, in so many ways, this prayer shows the prayer that the sinner has to pray, one of humility, one of honour, one of surrender. And maybe that is you tonight. Maybe you're like Jonah in many ways. Maybe you are saved, but tonight you're not walking well for God as once you did. Maybe you've distanced yourself from God. Well, return to him, renewing your hearts to grow closer to the Lord. There's God's power finally tonight. And one final thought is about the power of God. Because God didn't just hear the prayer of Jonah. Of course, he also answered it in a remarkable way. Because I read in verse 10 of Jonah 2. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out, Jonah, upon the dry land. God was pleased to deliver Jonah from this trial. He was now satisfied with this prayer that Jonah had offered and he was pleased in his will to answer the prayer. The Lord is able to meet the need of our heart tonight. He is able to show his power over sin in your life. And you know, in many ways, the experiences of Jonah in this chapter, they serve as a type of Christ, a foreshadowing of Christ he was in the belly of the fish 3 days and 3 nights we read that at the end of chapter 1 of course that relates to Christ himself as Christ rose again on the third day there was also the suffering of Jonah which we could liken onto the suffering of Christ of course Christ came into the world he suffered more than any man he endured the mocking endured the scoffing bore the cross what pain he endured why for me, for you, so that you will be saved tonight. What a love God has for his people. But there's also the power of God in Jonah too, because he overcame through the gospel. He overcame sin. He overcame hell by rising again that third day. That shows us the victory of the cross. The cross is not a place where Christ was defeated and Christ died. The wonder of the cross is that it is a place of victory where sin was overcome. And we don't serve a saviour. And it's very clear tonight, we have to make that clear, we don't serve a saviour who's depicted as weak and helpless still on the cross as Rome would depict tonight. We don't serve a saviour who is still in the tomb. We serve one that rose again from the dead. One who has ascended on high, is magnified tonight, as king of glory. And he is powerful. He's able to deliver you tonight. Remember we said at the start, Jonah here, he saw no way out, humanly speaking. He believed his what life was really going to end in the belly of the fish. Yet what seemed impossible to him was possible with God. Tonight, see God's power. He's able to move in your life if you would let him in. And his desire is ultimately to save your soul. This was truly an eventful encounter with God. I wonder, will you encounter God tonight in your life? Will you come to him? Will you come, recognize your need of him? Ask him into your heart, he will save you. Salvation is of the Lord, and he can answer your prayer tonight. We serve the same God today that answered the prayer of Jonah. He's able to answer your prayer tonight if you would be pleased to come to him. Let's just bow together. In a word of prayer. Our dear God and gracious Father, Lord, we thank thee again for thy word which is open in our midst tonight. Lord, we thank thee for the great instruction of thy word. We thank thee that when we read thy word, we read of truth. And Lord, we thank thee for the great message of the gospel. Lord, we thank thee tonight that you're able to save. Lord, we serve one who is all powerful. And we serve one who has overcame sin, death, and hell. And, O Lord, we thank thee tonight for Christ, for all that he has accomplished for us and for the cross. O Lord, we realize how Judah was in hell physically, in the belly of the fish. And yet the great, great destiny of those who are not saved is that they will actually experience hell if they do not be saved. O Lord, tonight open sinners' eyes. Take the scales from off their eyes. Remove that spiritual a blindness tonight. Lord, help them see the need. Lord you realise that we don't know what a day may bring forth. And O oh Lord, it is our prayer that if someone is convicted tonight, that they would come to that point where they would throw away their sin, throw away the filthy rags of their unclean rags, put on that robe of righteousness. Lord, come, see of us soul tonight, crown this day with salvation. We pray it alone for thine honour and for thy glory. Lord continue with us we pray. All of these things in thy name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close our meeting tonight with the singing of a hymn again. Hymn 279. On page 289. Hymn 279. Pass me not, O gentle Saviour, hear my humble cry, while another's direct calling, do not pass me by. Hymn 279. I will stand as we sing again, please. It's for closing prayer our dear god and our gracious father we just leave these matters now if this meeting with the lord it is our prayer that even as the voice of man would be silent that that speaking, speaking still small voice of the lord would continue on to challenge those who have heard their need of christ tonight or those far from god that even you would speak on challenge their hearts that they would come to know the savior that they would, he would not pass them by tonight o lord We thank thee for a sense of thy presence with us. Lord, it has been good for us to meet here, for here we have met afresh with the Lord. Lord, even part us one another in the blessing of God. Be with us, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Be with us even in the week that lies ahead. And Lord, help us to live more for thee. Help us to trust thee and to serve thee more. Lord, we just pray all of this in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen.